Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's survival show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. A practical show, folks. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. I try to keep this rooted in common sense and give you ideas that you can use every day to stay better prepared. Well, this week I'm going to talk about reloading. This is episode 201, and I recently had a chance to do an interview with a listener. He listens to both shows, I'm pretty sure. He listens to my Handgun World podcast that I do on guns. And if some of you don't listen to that, let me invite you to do that. Handgunworld.com, or it's also called the Handgun World Podcast. This show here is about prepping. And I don't normally talk about firearm stuff on this podcast. But let's face it, it is a preparation, especially today with ammo prices. You do have to have a way to defend yourself, folks. If you don't have at least some way to defend yourself with a firearm, I strongly believe that if and when the stink hits the fan, whether it's a large disaster or even a small-scale disaster, you're probably going to need a way to defend yourself. Remember the Korean store owners uh, during the Rodney King riots? Remember how they had weapons to be able to defend themselves? Remember how the government took weapons away from people after the Hurricane Katrina disaster back in, uh, I believe it was 2005, in New Orleans. So think about it, folks. It's it's definitely something that you, you need to be preparing for. However, the cost of ammo is outrageous. So I had a chance to interview a man who does some reloading. And there's a lot of reloaders out there. This is a skill I do not have. I need to. I really need to get into reloading. Remember, matter of fact, you've heard me talk about building a prepper team. You've heard me talk about uh, or interviewing Glenn Tate, the author of the book series 299 Days. Remember that episode that we did on building a prepper team? And by the way, you can get the second half of that excellent interview by subscribing to my Survival Champions Club. Well, one of the team members that I've put together that, that helps me out in case the, the crap hits the fan part of my prepper team, we're going to start doing some reloading together. Uh, pretty soon we're going to go in together, we're going to split the cost and buy some reloading supplies, buy a reloading press, and I think it's going to work out pretty well. We're going to kind of team up together. It's easier on the budget, it's easier time-wise, and he's going to teach me a few things, but I wanted to get Jan Dennis from Connecticut to interview with me, and that's exactly what I did. So here we go. We're going to talk about reloading ammunition, a great survival skill. Stay tuned. I'm joined by Jan Dennis calling from Connecticut. How you doing, Jan? Good. Good. Thanks for coming on. We're going to talk about some reloading, something I don't know a whole lot about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing this. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, uh, I wanted to get it out. I know a lot of people are... Uh nervous to start it you know and it's it's really not that hard of a thing to do as long as you're careful you know yeah well you know what let's why don't you talk to me kind of like i'm a like i'm a a 12 year old and you're you're teaching me how to reload why don't you talk to some people who kind of speak to those who don't know too much about it what got you started why did you get started and and how does a person start all right well what got me started was um Basically, the cost of factory ammunition. Uh, my first handgun was a forty-five, and uh, I don't know about down in Texas, but up here, 
average box of Winchesters going for, you know, $22, $23. So. Isn't that ridiculous? It really is. It really is. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the price there was just insane. So I wanted to shoot, and I wanted to shoot a lot, get familiar with it. And uh, after about, you know, $200 worth of factory ammo, I think I only shot still about, you know, 400 rounds. And uh, it just wasn't working out, so... Yeah, so that's why you got started, and that's pretty much what most people do. I hear that people say either, number one, you save money, or more importantly, what most people end up doing is shooting more. Yeah, little, yeah, a lot of both, actually. A lot of both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So how did you get started? Talk about what you did. Um, well, actually, I was really fortunate to have a friend whose father loaded for probably the last 40 years, and uh, he kind of taught me him and my buddy, and they had a whole setup in their basement with uh, Progressive Press, single stage, so I got to spend some time with them, and uh, they really showed me, you know, the ins and outs and what to look for, what not to do, what to do, and, uh, you know, and then I started buying my own equipment from there, and I knew what I needed, and it, it, uh, it kind of worked out without having too much trial and error, you know? Good. So what calibers do you reload? Oh, geez. Uh, 38. 357, 45, 223, 308, 3030, uh, 12 gauge is a, is a good one. Um, anything, anything, you know, if I buy a new gun and it's in a different caliber, I go out and get the dies for it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it give, you know, you got to pick up a lot of brass, but it's worth it. So how long did it take you from, from the point that you started to learn to getting pretty good at it, how long did that take? It was about six months, give or take, where I felt uh, comfortable and uh, didn't need someone over my shoulder. And, and you got to figure this is me loading, you know, once a week, once every other week, you know. And to, so, I mean, maybe 12 times loading until I really knew what to look for and, and uh, you know, that's basically it, you know. Yeah. But, um, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I was, so I was going to ask. So about six months, you started getting pretty good at it. Um, are you having a hard time right now finding product to use for reloading, finding dies and finding primers and, and bullets and everything? You know, the biggest thing right now is the primers and the powder. Yeah. Um, that stuff is just non-existent as of now and I, I imagine it's the same all over the country which is kind of why the uh you know preparing ahead of time is, is is comes in handy at these moments you know oh yeah i understand that so all right so you took about now you've been loading how long six years you said yeah about five six years give or take. okay in a given month how many rounds do you typically reload uh, usually in the summer, it's a lot more since I'm shooting a lot more. Um, I mean, uh, if we're doing like handgun ammo, it goes a lot faster than rifle ammo. You could do about 2,000 rounds, 3,000 rounds in a month. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, so you can, you know, as long as you have the brass, uh, with the, you know, to keep the cost down, I cast my own, which is a whole nother topic. I cast my own bullets. Yeah. Um, that keeps the cost down big, you know, to, so... To do two thousand, it's 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 way less than if I was buying everything, you know, off the shelf. Sure. So when you started, you had a tutor. You had somebody that had been doing it for many many years, and they showed you the ropes. Yep. 
What resources would you recommend, Jan, if somebody doesn't have a tutor? You know, I even having a tutor, I still do a lot of research. Um, I'm still on YouTube watching videos, uh, different techniques that people do it. You know, I mean, there's guys who've been doing it for 50 years, and I want to see what they do that's different than what I do, and maybe I could try their methods or, you know, I mean, there's a... um, you know, the internet's amazing. You go on Google and you could find probably a 200 different sites that give you step-by-step instructions with pictures and videos and, um, you know, load data and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you you pulled a lot off of YouTube. You had a tutor and stuff. And that, you'd suggest people read YouTube. What about books? Are there any books you recommend on it? You know, um... The only books I've gotten into are the the loading manuals, and those do have a lot of good info in them. Uh, Spear makes one, Hornady makes one. And they, I think they come out with one every year. Yeah. Since there's so many new cartridges out, and uh, you know the powders are changing, so they come out with new load data every year. And um, you know, one of those books is about eighteen bucks, and to pick one up every year, is, it, it's worth it. I think um, to stay updated and current on. On this type, you know, on the, these types of things, you know. Yeah, well, I'm sure it is. So you're having the hardest time finding primers, and what else were you having a hard time finding? Powder, powders, powder, powder, primers, and powder. Okay. Yeah. And probably because all the reloaders have kicked it into high gear because of the ammo shortage. Yeah. Plus the, uh, you know, the, the ammo companies aren't going to put out their primers when. They need them for all the bullets because the, there's no, you know, no loaded ammo on the shelves. They're going to use them for themselves. So, yep. Uh, usually, when the primers are gone, you still got about three months after the ammo comes out before you can get any good primers. How much time do you spend every month reloading? Oh, I'd say you know, about about ten hours, twelve hours. That's not bad. No, it's not, and you know, and and it's going to vary. Um, depending on what you're reloading. You know, a rifle cartridge is, uh, uh, takes a lot more time than a handgun cartridge. Um, the reason for that is a, a rifle cartridge, you know, a handgun cartridge, you clean it, you size it, powder it, load it, and you're, you know, prime it, you're, you're, you're there. But with a uh, rifle cartridge, you got to trim them, um, wash them after you've sized them, and there's, you know, a lot more steps to it. Yeah. So the rifle, it sounds like the rifle cartridges probably take you twice as long. Yeah, easily. Easily. And, uh, a lot more cut fingers with rifle cartridges. <laughs> I bet it is. Yeah, <laughs> so obviously you save probably most of the brass you shoot. Yeah, yep. Are you have, Do you ever have to buy any brass or are you recycling what you've got? I try to pick up what I can at the range. Uh, you know, a lot of people will make fun of me because they call me the brass rat at the range because I'm on the ground with my five-gallon bucket, and I'm throwing handfuls of whatever's on the ground in there. But, um, you know, it, it pays off. It's worth every every minute spent picking up brass is an uh, extra dollar in the pocket that you could put towards something else, you know. I have a new nickname for you guys. Do you mind? Not at all. I call you Range Chickens. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I might have to become a range chicken because I think uh, at the cost of ammo these days, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and you know what else is crazy? So you, you know, you save so much just by uh, picking up the brass and reloading it and whatnot, and that's free because somebody else shot it and left it for you. Uh, my friend who who 
you know, started me reloading. He recently brought two empty buckets of just scrap brass that we couldn't use back to the uh, scrapyard. And I mean, I think he got 280 bucks. Nice. Yeah. So that's just stuff that nobody wanted, you know. And, and how did he get $280 for it? What did he do? Just take it to the scrapyard. You know, local scrapyard, you'll see a lot of guys take the steel there. and It's, uh, you know, the, any recycling plant. I don't know how frequent they are uh, down in Texas. I'd imagine they're still fairly plentiful down there, you know? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. yeah but just take it to those guys and uh, make sure there's no uh, live primers in there or anything like that, or live rounds in there just for safety's sake. And, right. Uh, they'll take it right in. So, what's the most expensive part? Is it the primers? Is that the most expensive part? You know, I'd say the powder. The powder, uh, okay. Yeah, and it depends. Like I said, with rifles, going to use you know uh, with powder, I tend to use the more uh, the more versatile powders for pistol. I use unique uh, bullseye, you know, uh, clays. It, it's um, you get about a thousand rounds out of each pound, and a pound is about twenty bucks. Um, where a rifle you'll be about 250 rounds uh, with a pound. And that's just 223. Uh, you get into 308, you're talking 125 out of a pound. So Okay. All right. So earlier you said 9 millimeter up in Connecticut selling for about how much? Uh, 9 mil's going for about 15 bucks a box right now. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. I've seen it all over the board. I've seen it as high as 20. I've seen it as low as about 15. So let's use 15. Okay. How, how much can? How much will you spend reloading that same box of 9 millimeter? Oh, um, buying all the components, and, and, you know, there's a lot of factors in what you buy to the quality of what you buy. If you're buying spear... Um, you, you know, you're buying all spear bullets and it's like, you know, or jacketed hollow point rounds. Um, geez, I want to say you could be around seven bucks a box. You know, you cut your price about in half and that's with quality components. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, very, good. very tempting, right, these days. But then again, let me ask you, so are you finding it as hard to get the reloading components as it is to get ammo? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. It's either it's equally as hard. I mean, right now you can't find anything. I was, you know, smart enough, I suppose you could say, to stock up on some of the things ahead of time. Um, you know, you always try to keep a couple thousand primers of uh, small rifle, large rifle, small pistol, and whatnot. Yeah. You know, for these times. But somebody like me, who might be just getting into it, who wasn't smart enough to stock up earlier. I guess I'm probably going to have just as difficult of a time finding what I need as I would actually am actually buying ammo, right? Yeah, and I mean, given the circumstances, you see the the gun market right now. It's uh, it's you know overwhelming how much people are buying and stocking up, and you know nervous that they're going to be taxed on rounds and whatnot. So, pretty much anything you can get right now is good. Ammo and ammo reloading components are investments, aren't they? Yeah, they definitely are. What did you say about a tax? Well, you know how they're talking about the assault weapons ban. Um, I don't know, internet, you know, around the nation, but they're talking here in Connecticut on a uh, ammunition tax, a fifty percent tax on ammunition. Yeah, I doubt that that's going to pass. Yeah, I just don't see the upside to that well i mean i think that they'd have a hard time getting that through and getting that passed 
I mean, everybody sees the handwriting on the wall on something like that. I mean, we've got to keep fighting, and it's always a possibility, and I guess that's what a lot of people are afraid of right now, but I wouldn't give that one much chance. No, that's that's what I'm saying. But at the same time, it's like they, they, they get some crazy stuff through the Senate, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, as I mentioned in one of my earlier shows, this, this could last a year or two, this, uh, this ammo crisis. Yeah, it's definitely uh, – I definitely didn't buy enough this have it for a year or two and, and keep shooting the way I like to anyway. Yeah. yeah, I didn't either. You know, um, I guess we're going to have to, you know, do more do more conserving of ammo. You know, recently I put out a, a show on 22 conversion kits, mm-hmm. and that seems to be the way a lot of people are going. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, even 22s are defined, but it's definitely going to save you a ton of money doing that. Yeah. So getting back to reloading for a minute, what's your what are your favorite calibers to reload? Um, I like forty five. Uh forty five, forty four magnum's nice. Um just for the cost alone. Yeah. Um, like I said before, I cast my own. I got a couple lead pots and uh I I get old wheel weights down at the, the tire place down the street and melt those down. So I can I can actually reload a uh, thousand rounds of forty five for fifty dollars. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you're talking two dollars and fifty cents a box of fifty, which is uh, can't really beat that, you know. You can you can make your own forty five ammo for two fifty a box. Two fifty a box if uh, if I, I get the wheel weights for free. Yeah, and, uh, the brass is picked up off the range, and all I'm paying for is the primers, which is uh, thirty dollars for a thousand, and uh, one pound of powder, which is twenty bucks. So you're talking fifty bucks. For a thousand, man, you need to start yourself a little part-time job. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know. Of course, it's probably gonna. It's not easy finding all that stuff, though, is it? Yeah, you start to run out of the brass, and uh, you could even see on some websites and Craigslist and whatnot, people are selling brass, but even you know they're still trying to jack up their prices too. So. Yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking you most of these questions, Jan, is I've got a friend of mine here locally in San Antonio. He only lives about a mile from me. And the two of us are going to pretty soon start investing in not only the equipment, but also all the components to do some reloading. Yep, yep. You know, we're going to share it, split the cost and split the ammo and a little easier on the budget that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can get started for, um, you know, if if you're trying to really keep your costs down, uh, Lee makes a single stage kit, which is great for beginners, and it runs about 100 bucks. I think it's called the Challenger reach lock single stage kit so with that lee single stage reloader um i suppose it's going to be slow but it's a good way to get started right it's a good way to learn the basics of it you want to you know you don't want to start uh doing 650 where you're running you know 600 rounds an hour and uh, you know not starting off you want to be able to know what that pull of that handle supposed to feel like what each case is supposed to look like you want to check for cracks and you, you want to really get comfortable with that stuff before you start mass producing you know yeah yeah that's good advice now you get most of your brass from the range yep but if people are buying brass what's a good source you know um i mean cabela's has it uh you go to cabela's online i i really haven't gotten too much into buying brass um Geez, there's a few sites. I think Freedom Munitions might sell brass. They're a reloading company online. They sell it. Um, HighTechAmmo.com. 
also okay. has uh, brass, and sometimes they have powder, military pull-down bullets and components. Um, that's a good site, actually. What's it's, the name of that site again? It's called HighTechAmmo.com. It's H-I with a dash and tech.com. And, uh, I mean, right now they're not taking orders just due to the, the overwhelming uh, supply or demand. Right. Um, you know, when, when time slows down, they got uh, all the military pull-downs. They got the military pull-down powders and primers and pretty, really fair pricing. Is it HighTechAmmo.com or HighTech.com? HighTechAmmo.com. HighTechAmmo.com. Okay. Yeah, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Well, that's good. So that's a good brass source. Yeah. But if you're a good range chicken, then you can get a lot of brass. Yeah, that's going to be your best bet. I mean, take trips. If you're a, you know, if you're a member at a club and you've got a little time, you're driving on your way home, swing up to the range, check the buckets, see if there's any brass on them. And if there is and nobody minds you taking it, you, you know, scoop it up while you can. Well, most of the places I'm shooting at, the range owners want to keep the brass. Yeah, if you're going to a, um, you know, a privately owned range, a lot of the guys will will uh, sweep the brass forward on you while you're shooting. And I, I personally don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that either. Now, the range where I shoot IDPA, their rule is you can pick up what you shoot, but you can't pick up any brass that's existing or that came from another shooter. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the circumstances, too. I'm sure they don't want people running around while you're trying to have a match and, you know, people arguing over whose brass is whose. So just Yeah, they don't want that. Of course, I've always wondered, how are you going to tell exactly what you <laughs> shot and what somebody else shot you know i mean yeah, if this if you got a squad of eight shooters and and seven of them are shooting nine millimeter there's gonna be nine millimeter nine millimeter brass everywhere how are they going to tell whose is whose but i see what you mean they, they don't want to have it a, a distraction or slow down the the match that's what they don't want to do yeah and they don't want people arguing and stuff pretty much um what i've learned though i have no problem asking somebody if they're shooting a caliber that i want to get their brass if, you know i see them sweeping it up and if i see them going to dump it out i say hey you mind if i take that and a lot of the times they uh they definitely don't you know yeah well i'm gonna start picking up my own brass even though i'm not actively reloading right now i can use it later on once i start uh reloading so i'm, I'm gonna start keeping it oh yeah it's it's, it's definitely worth it i mean it's, it's worth it's pretty soon it's gonna be worth its weight in gold you know yeah well you know <laughs> as glenn tate has called it he said it's a precious metal it, it truly is. Yeah. It's hard hard to believe that we've come to that, but we have. Yeah, yeah. And uh, steel, brass, and lead is you know up there with silver and gold. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jan, can we get off of reloading for a minute? And I ask you, can I ask you a few more things? Yeah, absolutely. So you're up in Connecticut. What is the general feeling since the shooting, the Sandy Hook shooting, took place in your state? What's the general feeling towards guns up there? Um, you know, it, it's pretty universal. Uh, you know, if you see on the news, even in other states, I think it's uh, it's almost hush-hush right now. You know, nobody's trying to get in, you know, debates about gun control and stuff because, you know, I mean, so many, you know, that there's such a tragic incident. But um, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, you got a lot of people who, who are, you know, really shooken up by it because it's so close to home. And then, uh, and then you got some of the other people that are, you know, go right into the conspiracies and you don't want to hear that stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's enough of that out there. I'm not uh, much of yeah. a conspiracy guy. 
Oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand that either. You know, all that conspiracy stuff, and most of them really can't back it up with really solid facts either. No, and especially, you know, around such a tragic incident. Like, who wants to talk about that, you know? Yeah. But so do you find that people in the state are kind of evenly split? Some of them want more gun control, some of them don't. Is that what you find? Yeah, I mean, it, it's still similar to what it's always been. You know, the people who don't really know guns and permits and whatnot, there's, you know, they're still, they're more anti-gun than they maybe would have been. Um, and the people who carry and the people who own shotguns, rifles, handguns, um, you know, they see it similarly to we, how we do, you know, guns are, guns are a safety thing, not a, not a danger if put in the right hands. Right. Yeah. They can, they can save lives as well. Imagine that. Yeah, exactly. You know, imagine that. It's like, hey, how come nobody's talking about that? Yeah, well, there's a reason cops carry guns. It's not, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's as it's just clean cut as you can, you know, as you can see it. It's funny, the anti-gun folks, they, they crack me up because on one hand, they're anti-gun. But if they're in trouble, they want to call a cop with a gun to come and save them. Exactly. And like you've said before, and, and I have friends who are police officers, and they say... They, they really just document what happened. They document the crime. They're historians. Exactly. Did you hear what the Milwaukee County Sheriff said uh, a few weeks ago? He said the police are really the second responders. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be more true. I mean, as you can see, it's, it's too bad that it had to be that way. But, in, uh, you know, the Sandy Hook thing, it was just, it's awful. You know, if things could have been different. Yeah, a couple more reloading questions for you, Jan, then we'll kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Is is the ammo that you reload, is it more accurate than what you can buy at the factory? That all depends on how um, how involved you want to be with it. See, I pretty much reload for quantity. You've got to either pick, you either want quality or quantity if you want to not devote your whole life to reloading your cartridges. Right. I do it more for quantity. I like to have, um, you know, I'm prepared as my preparedness minded. I like to have a supply. So, you know, it, when I know if it hits the fan, I have everything I need. So I like to have the amount. And, uh, but you can, you can definitely, um, make it more accurate than anything coming out of any factory. Um, right. Cause the factories are out for sheer volume. Yep. They're creating volume. I've had more, um, self-defense rounds, not fire on me than I like to even talk about. Is that uh, right? Really? Not, yeah, not putting federal down. They make good ammo. I had uh, two separate boxes from them. One 380. I had one where it uh, didn't have powder in the load. It was a, a squib load. And the bullet got stuck in my barrel. And it was the, uh, you know, the I don't know the, the type of ammo. It's a 20-round boxes with a clear case on top from federal. Yeah. And then I had another one, a box of forty-five, where both had dead primers, and they just did not. The primers didn't work. The twenty-round case is a Federal with the clear top. That sounds like hydroshocks. It might be, yeah. It sounds like Federal hydroshocks because that's where they come packed. Matter of fact, I like the cases. I just don't care for the ammo that much. Exactly, and uh, as soon as that happened, I and I, you know, my my carry gun now is a Glock twenty-seven, um, but I used to, I still occasionally carry my. I have a Kimber Ultra Carry. And it never had an issue with the firing pin. And uh, two rounds out of that box, both didn't fire. So I started uh, carrying my own reloads. And uh, 
I've never had an issue with any of my reloads. It's interesting that you've had failures to fire with store-bought self-defense ammo. Yeah, but you know, no matter how you look at it, it's still a factory. They're still pumping them out quick, and um, even though they put them in a different box, I'm sure they're all going down that same conveyor belt just with a different bullet on top of them, you know? Right. Right. And, you know, they're making millions and millions of rounds of ammunition, so there's going to be some errors. Exactly. I mean, I've probably shot over 12,000 rounds of forty five, and um, I think I've had one that had a half charge in it, and that was the only one. So I'm you're not, a... Knock on wood, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. So you're a high-volume shooter. Yeah, yeah. I like to shoot a lot. I'm not so worried about my group sizing as long as I'm hitting, hitting that center mass and... Uh, I like to just put a lot down range, get real comfortable with everything I have, you know. Good. Do you shoot competition? Uh, no, and that is something I am getting into. I just uh, recently looked into Smith & Wesson's up in Springfield, about 40 minutes away from me, and they do uh, IDPA matches right at the Smith & Wesson factory. Um, so I'll be doing that this summer. Good. Yeah, good. Well, this is a very informative, Jan. I appreciate it. You know, I like to give my guests the floor for the last two or three minutes of the interview. We got like about three minutes or so, so it's all yours. You know, uh, people that are listening to this, tell them what you want to tell them. All right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, basically, with you know, reloading. A lot of people are scared of it. Uh, they're worried they're gonna they're gonna blow themselves up or whatnot. You know, if you take your time, you do the research, it's not something you want to jump in feet first. You want to take your time and really do a little bit of studying. Maybe if you know somebody who reloads, spend the, spend the day with them, have them show you the ropes. Um, if you don't have access to somebody that can teach you, like I said, go on the Internet. There's a lot of good, uh, good reliable sources out there. There's a lot of, uh, lot of books, a lot of, lot of just a lot of material to check. Um, and, you know, it's one of those skills, reloading is one of those skills that it's, uh, you know, it, it'll always be useful. Um, of course. Yeah, as you can see now, I mean, with the shortage on ammo, if you can't buy it, you might as well make it. It's a lot easier to store 5,000 primers than it is to store 5,000 rounds. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you, there's so much talk about, well, what happens if the crap hits the fan? You know, uh, if I'm a reloader, it's easy because if the crap hits the fan, I'm always going to have ammo. Well, I'll submit this to people. I think in some ways the crap has already hit the fan. Yeah, and I mean, in, in somewhat, you know, one one form or another, I mean, it sort of has, you know. And I've been kind of asleep at the wheel. I haven't learned to reload, and I haven't been reloading, so here I am stuck. The crap hit the fan in the uh, firearms world as far as getting guns and ammo and supplies, and I'm kind of stuck at the mercy of having to buy it. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's 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 still not too late. Um, it's just going to be a little harder to get some of the stuff. Uh, you know, like I said, Lee makes a good kit. You get that. It gives you everything you need. Um yeah, shell yeah. holders. You know the the powder measure, the trays, the dies. You know you, you can you can get everything for a pretty fair price, and uh, the amount of money you save and uh, yeah, it's worth it right there. But it's nice knowing that you can always make your own if you can't buy. It. I'm looking at High Tech Ammo's website right now, and it, <laughs> they have temporarily out of stock on about ninety percent of their stuff. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. I mean, and they get a lot of stuff in there. I mean, I've bought a lot from them myself. 
And uh, I don't even think they're taking orders, actually, right now. Uh, it says, that's great, it says, we will not be accepting any orders until further notice from Internet, email, or telephone because we are currently replenishing our stock. Yeah, you're going to see that a lot. Right uh, so has the, has the price of the components gone up as well? Not so much. I mean, usually some, you know, you'd get a deal here and there on a, a thousand, a thousand box of primers for, you know, 29 bucks. Now you're paying 37, you're paying the full price. But, um, for $7 on a thousand rounds, it, it's still not that much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, it, it's still half the cost of going to the store and buying it. Absolutely. I mean, and, uh, you know, if you get into, if you really get involved and you start doing the casting, which is a whole nother topic, but if, or if you can get nice, uh, you know, lead bullets or even the plated, plated will run fine through almost any gun. Um, you're going to really cut down your cost. Yeah. I might bring you back for another interview on casting bullets. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love it. Good. Well, Jan, thanks for listening to the show and thanks for donating your time. This is great. And I'm sure after this, I'll be contacted by other people that want to talk about reloading. You're the first one I've had on my show to talk about that. Uh, and there is a reloading podcast that's really good to listen to as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I listen to some of them, and they definitely, uh, there's definitely a lot of information. Do you listen to, I think it's Reloading Radio? I think that's one of them. I, I, I think I listen to Reloading Radio, and uh, I think Power Press is another one I, I peruse through. You know, sometimes they're they got different subjects or topics I like to listen to. So. Yeah. Jan, thanks. I appreciate your, your, your donation of your time and everything, and uh, this was great of you to do. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate uh, what you do, too. Your, your podcasts are awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's good to get that kind of good feedback. And uh, I don't get a chance to really talk to or meet a lot of listeners. You know, out of all the ones that I have, I meet a very or talk to a very, very small percentage. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, thank you. Take care. Keep shooting. Shoot straight and shoot safe, okay? Thanks, Bob. You too. Well, thank you, Jan, for donating your time. I really appreciate it when somebody comes on and donates their time. And by the way, folks, uh, speaking of time, I'm trying to make use of some windshield time. I'm recording the conclusion, and I also recorded the intro, obviously, while I'm driving in my mobile studio. My little 11-year-old Honda Accord. See, I don't believe in car payments, so I drive an old car. I got an 11-year-old Honda Accord with 123,714 miles on it. But guess what? It is paid for because I do not believe in building debt, especially car payments. I think one of the worst pieces of debt you can ever have is a car payment. Anyway... Moving on. Again, Jan, thank you very much. I very much appreciate that. If you have any questions, I'm going to go ahead and start a thread on the forum. Please join our forum, today's Survival Show forum. If you do join the forum, send me an email. Send an email to bob at todayssurvival.com. There's two S's in that address, by the way. Bob at todayssurvival, two S's, dot com. Send me an email and say, hey, Bob, I signed up for your forum. Here's the username that I used. That's how I keep spammers out. That's how I verify that you are a listener and you want to participate. So I will start a thread about this show as usual. If you have any questions or anything, jump on there and uh, or send me an email directly. 
Now, I want to close out by saying this. If you like the work I do here on today's survival show, there are some bills that have to be paid from time to time. There's a couple ways you can support the show. I'd really appreciate it. One of them is my Survival Champions Club. I've put together a bunch of podcasts. They're interviews about material that has never been covered on this show before. One of them is Glenn Tate the author of the book series 299 Days, part two of his building a prepper team. Another one is John Neusser. I recently had him on the show, and he talks about self-defense training with a firearm and how he trains, and it's pretty good stuff. I think you're going to enjoy it. I also, a little over a year ago, I interviewed Wade from Louisiana, a contributor to the show and a listener. He's an herbal expert. He talks about how to use herbs for both nutritional and medicinal purposes, and I think it's pretty good. He talks about how to grow them, how to harvest them, how to store herbs. Pretty good stuff on there. Also, Matt Brasick. He owns a company up in Wisconsin called Midwest Disaster Medical, and he does a lot of first aid training and a lot of disaster medical training. So he spent some good time talking about first aid. Again, some stuff that I've never covered on today's survival show. And finally, last but not least, my good friend Matt Chusnick is a knife and tool sharpener. And boy, I tell you what, he does all my knives and tools. He sharpens all of them. He is really, really good, let me tell you. He's terrific. I've had him on this show before as well. He gives a part two interview of how to get the proper stones for sharpening and how to, and certain sharpening techniques. So, really good stuff. You can get all of those if you're interested in the latest two. Just go to todayssurvival.com and you'll see over on the right hand side of the page, you'll see a link to purchase the Survival Champions Club. You can get my latest two episodes for $40. Normally, they're 25 each. If you want some of my older episodes that I talked about with Matt Brasick from Midwest Disaster Medical or Matt Chusnick, if you want some of those and Wade in Louisiana on herbs, let me know. Send me an email, and I'll work that out on how to get you those. But you can pick up the latest two real quickly at www.todayssurvival.com. Remember to put two S's in that. Also... If you haven't read Glenn Tate's books, 299 Days, I'm telling you what, these are some of the best survival books I've ever read. I'm halfway through book number three right now. You can get them on Amazon. Go to my Amazon link. Go to recommended books at todayssurvival.com. So one way you can support the show is buying something through Amazon. If you're going to buy something through Amazon, please buy it through one of my links. I will earn a small commission that'll help support the show. You can find my Amazon store. You can just go to todayssurvival.com, click recommended books or my EDC store, my everyday carry store, either one of those. Just click any of the picture links and it'll take you right into my store and then you can do whatever shopping you want. That also helps support my show. All right, folks, thanks very much for listening to yet another episode of today's survival show where it's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. I'm Bob Main. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.